Hi, welcome to Hawks and Lavender Rose. I'm your host, Shauna Gulbrand. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have a guest co-host with me. You might recognize her. She's been on the show before, Christina Nichols. Christina, thanks so much for being here again today. Thanks for having me. So just a reminder, Christina is a licensed mental health counselor, and she is also a licensed B-body positive facilitator. The last time you were on, we talked about everything, well, not everything, but we talked about body positivity, and it was a wonderful episode. I really enjoyed that. So today we want to pick up a little bit on where we left off. I remember um, at the end of the last episode, we talked about some practices, and we also talked about coming back to Heart Center. Uh, would you like to say a little bit about that? Well, I think that it was, it was um, an important place to finish up on last call, and um, I think that it would be a good place to start just remembering that we are in our bodies, you know, that's where our hearts and our souls lie. And to, you know, in this world, especially now, but in this world of, of kind of always being in our heads and, you know, in our thoughts, that um, it's a great practice to just bring ourselves back into our bodies and back into heart center um, as a way to ground and to, um, be present to what the messages our bodies have for us. Agreed. All right. You want to jump right into that? Yeah. I'd love okay. to start with, um, I'd love to start with a grounding kind of body awareness meditation. Um, so I'll just lead you guys through it and um, follow along. Beautiful. So I'm going to invite all of the listeners to, Put your cell phone on silent, unless of course you're watching us through your cell phone, then keep it, keep it present uh, and get yourself comfortable, but put everything away before we do this. Shut your phone off. All right, Christina. Excellent. So we're going to start with three deep breaths and close your eyes if you feel comfortable and if you're able to. Um, so taking a deep breath in, filling your lungs as full as they possibly can and exhaling slowly through gently parted lips, like you're blowing through a straw. I'm gonna take another big deep breath in, and slowly exhale. And another deep breath in. and slowly exhale. And we're gonna bring our attention right to the edge of our nostrils. So just breathing normally again, bringing your focus to the edge of your nostrils and noticing as the breath passes through. You might notice a coolness as the the air goes in and you might notice a warmth as the air comes out. So just taking a moment to focus right there.
And now gently bringing your attention to the back of your throat. Again, noticing the sensations as the air passes through. Bringing your attention down into your lungs. Noticing and focusing on the expansion and contraction of your lungs with each breath. and bringing your attention down into your belly and focusing on the rise and the fall of your belly with each breath. bringing your attention back up into your lungs as they expand and contract. and bringing your attention to the back of your throat.
and bringing your focus right to the edge of your nostrils. Paying attention to the sensations there. Gently letting go of that focus, keeping your eyes closed, and imagining yourself surrounded by a golden white light that's warm and loving, like a big hug. Knowing that you are safe and supported. Imagine each cell of your body opening to this golden white light pouring in leaving no room for the anxiety. And imagining all of those stressors or anxieties just melting away. Feeling that warmth and love in every cell of your body. and bringing one or both hands to the center of your chest at your heart center. Imagining all of that golden white light pouring infinitely through your heart center. Knowing that this source is within you, filling you up and illuminating out from you to the world.
taking one final moment with this feeling, knowing that you can come back to it at any time, that this is infinite within you. Taking a moment to thank your body for being your sacred temple and allowing you to have this human experience. And know that you are held and grounded in Mother Earth. And as you slowly begin to bring yourself back to this present moment, starting with one deep breath in, and slowly exhale. Maybe wiggle your fingers and your toes. And slowly and gently as you are ready, bringing yourself back and opening your eyes. That was fantastic. Thank you, Christina, for that. You're welcome. I always enjoy a nice meditation. <laughs> okay. I loved the feeling of the coolness at the tip of my nostrils and the warmth as I exhaled. Mm. That was lovely. Oh, thank you for that. It's nice to come back to center with everything that's going on in the world. And I know we're talking about body positivity today, but it's, it's really nice to come back to center. All right. And in the face of what we are all experiencing right now with the yeah. world pandemic and the uncertainty and anxiety that, um, you know, practicing body positivity and love in this time is is even more important um being able to listen to our bodies and what their messages are if we are somebody who um does get sick and a majority of us pro probably will um and how do we take care of ourselves um in the t in the face of this mm-hmm I had uh, my speaker sisterhood group last week and I always put out a deck of Oracle cards. I choose a different deck for every meeting. And before they got here, I was shuffling them and I wanted to choose one. So I said, all right, universe, what message do you have for me? And I pulled the self love card. Mm. I had, um, it's actually kind of been a theme recently. I've just been really, and I preach this, which is so irritating but I've really been down on myself about certain habits that I've allowed to come back into my life. 
And that was the perfect card. I needed to see that card. So I laid all the cards out and I went upstairs to change because I have to look very professional. Someone gave me that wonderful, wonderful tip, <laughs> Christina. Um, so I went upstairs to change and I, I just realized I was starting to get down on myself again, like from down here to upstairs. And I remembered the card and I said, okay, thank you. I'm going to be kind and gentle and loving and compassionate with myself. Uh, so I did, and it worked out really well. I also, I know I texted you about this. I took your practice advice or suggestion with the eyeliner Mm -hmm. And I wrote on my skin. Uh, it's really interesting. I don't know if I could do it on my right arm because I'm a righty. So I have to, <laughs> have to do it this way. And then I was trying to do it like upside down and in the mirror. And I did that for a few days. And then I forgot. And then I forgot again. And then I forgot again. And I haven't revisited it. Again, it's a practice. It's something that I need to remind myself to do. And it's right there every morning after I take a shower. Yet I really enjoyed it when I did it. Even though, because it's still cold out and I wear multiple long sleeves, um, I knew the message was there. Mm. And it was, a nice, it was nice to think, oh, I have that beautiful word written right there on my arm. So that was nice. So I hope that some of the listeners have, have tried that as well. I, All think right. big, I think the big piece is the awareness, right? Like... And the awareness, as you said, from going from downstairs to upstairs, and you're like, oh my God, I'm already being I'm already back in that loop. <laughs> yeah, but like that's the awareness to, to shift. And that's, you know, that's the thing that I think we oftentimes can beat ourselves up, up around is like, oh, we forgot. And so, oh, fuck it. You know, we're going to just keep going. But it's like, that's when we get the opportunity. And that's, we're human. We're going right. to gonna keep falling back into our old patterns. You know, over time, it's like you said, it's practice in order to like create that new groove within our brains and our neural pathways. Um, it takes time and practice and it's okay. It's okay that we forget. It's keep remembering. And when you do remember, you know, keep remembering, right. reminding yourself. And I believe that there were other circumstances that were, was playing a role as well. Um, another thing that I've noticed recently with my body is I'm starting to accept it more. Now, I guess that kind of goes against what I just said. So here I am beating myself up about some unnecessary weight and some habits that I've slipped back into. But at the same time, I'm... I'm finding space to accept my body in a way that I know I'm never going to look like this person or this person or this person. Mm -hmm. And that my temple, this body that I chose is the body that I chose for various reasons. And that all of the struggle, the unnecessary suffering that has come about by me thinking my body has to look this way. Um, it, it, it's just, it's so nice to be able to think, wait a minute. Okay, if I really put my mind to it and I was at the gym every single day of the week, working out for two hours, eating the cleanest I could possibly eat, maybe I could get my body to look like this. And that's a hell of a lot of maintenance. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm not saying I'm giving up on myself, but what I am saying is I'm accepting things more. I'm accepting myself more. Does that make sense? I mean, can I have that? Oh, you're doing so awful, but I still accept my body. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I can, I can relate in, in that. Uh, what I've been, what I've been looking at within myself is the different parts. Like if we go back to voice dialogue as, as a framework, right? Like that there's a part of me that has developed with the mindset that my body is not acceptable. And and that mind or that part of me has been the one kind of in the driver's seat for most of my life. And as I've developed more and more awareness of the different resources that I have within myself, the different parts of myself that I have access to, that those parts, those other parts aren't in that. So it's, yes, it's holding all parts of me because some of my parts don't like the way I look or don't imagine that I'm in alignment with what the, you know, ideal is, which is again, completely, you know, complete bullshit. But, um, but then I, I'm also aware of all of these other parts that I'm, I'm now more so becoming in relationship with that don't hold that, right? Like that, that don't have that societal norm ingrained in how they are, you know, and, you know, universal archetypes that, again, are part of the parts that we all have resource in within ourselves, that that's not their focus. Right. <laughs> and so that I think, sense. yeah, being able to see that and hold, yes, because part of you is going to hold that belief that you're not, your body isn't what it's supposed to be, whatever that means. Um, and you have other parts that don't. Yeah. That are loving and accepting of who you are exactly as you are. Right? It's this part of me that, that thinks or that feels that wants to just say, accept this. This is why spend so much more time exhausting yourself from thinking that you have to be a certain way that you have to look a certain way and my body type my makeup is never going to look like this person or this person or this person right it's just not it's not ever possible but this part of me that's emerging it's i love it i want it to come out more this part of me it's like yeah all right this is my, like, I have skin issues. This lifetime is all about skin issues for me. And instead of fighting it, I, I have been thinking, okay, this, it's about skin issues right now. And it's okay. So I wear longer pants. So I don't wear shorts. Who cares? Like, what does it matter? As long as I'm comfortable and I'm happy, that's all that matters. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, loving this, right? Huh? It's about being compassionate towards ourselves. Yes. But at the same time, for me, speaking for myself only, it's not about giving up. 
right? So I know that I want to move my body. I want to exercise. I want to dance. I want to move. Yeah. And, and let me just be clear, this part of me that is emerging that's yeah, let's just start accepting this instead of fighting with it because we've spent almost 53 years fighting with it. I totally lost my whole train of thought right there. Wow. So how's that for authentic? (laughs) (laughs) What What I was picking up on as you were talking, and maybe this will help jog your memory, I don't know. But what I hear is there's a shift and I know this shift in myself too. Like I know that pivot point of fighting against my body as it is now because I don't feel like it's in alignment with what it's supposed to look like. Right. And shifting and then shifting to a place of I am where I am and I am who I am. And from there, can I move my body how it wants to move versus moving it from a place of trying to fight against something, right? Like, yes. Yeah. It's a subtle shift and it's, it's like, what's the intention behind your movement? If you're going to the gym because you think you're supposed to look like this magazine ideal, then you're, you're fighting against your own body, right? Like you're saying your body, my body is wrong and I need to fix it in some way. And I need to look like that person. So I'm going to move my body so that I can fix my body, right? Versus if we look at, okay, this is my body and I love my body and I want to move my body because it feels good to move my body. And I want it because my body wants to move in this particular way without any attachment to results, right? Like there's not this like intention that, oh, now because I'm doing this, I have to look like this, right? Wow. Okay, so if I look away, it's because I'm writing notes. <laughs> I love, um, so this is what I got. First of all, I loved that question you posed. What's the intention behind my movement? Mm. That was like, that just opened a door for me. That's why I needed to write it down. And what I'm hearing is the have to's versus the want to's. I can totally relate to what you, what you just said because now everything's blurry. I can totally relate. I was going to the gym for years and I'm discovering that I don't want to go back to the gym. Mm -hmm. I want to move my body in other ways, but I don't think it just, it's boring to me. I, I do. I need something different. And I'm realizing at this moment that I've been putting pressure on myself, feeling like I have to go to the gym. That isn't that what we do. We go to the gym and we move our bodies in a way that we we hear is so good. So I'm going to lift the weights this way and this way and this way and this way. And I, can I tell you, I hate spin class. <laughs> I hate it. I've been going recently with one of my favorite instructors only because he was the one that was teaching it. But in reality, I hate spin class. I don't like being on the bike. Mm-hmm. There's my truth. Wow. That's great. What's the intention behind my movement? Well, I would, I would imagine ahead. too, because I, I don't typically like going to the gym either. Like the gym setting is triggering, right? In the sense that for me of, um, it's kind of like that ingrained, 
oh, that's the place that I would go and force my body to do things that right so that I can fit into that ideal. And uh, many gyms, and I don't know, because I, again, I don't typically go into gyms like the traditional gyms now. Um, So I don't know what their atmosphere is, but prior to that, it was, it was that, that was the message. Like you have to have a personal trainer and you have to work your body out in ways that you don't want to. And you have to do all of this to fit into this. Oh, you have to lose weight and, you know, firm up your butt and like all of that. And so it could be the, the, I know for me, the association is hard, right? Right. Like the association that I have to a gym is, oh, I'm broken and I am not um, the ideal and so there's something wrong with me, right? So it's like, it's like that reminder of that message. Um, and, you know, I am open to, and, and kind of even just talking through it right now, have that sense of like, how could I shift my relationship with what the gym means to me as a way to open up that, that place for a place to move my body? that doesn't have that, um, attached to it. Mm. So I don't know if that's something that's possible. I went there when you were saying it, I was like, okay, how can I walk into the gym and see it, feel it, sense it, be it differently? Because I do love to use some of the weight machines. I love weights. Um, yeah. My husband and I went for a walk in the Salem Town Forest yesterday morning, and I said to him, we really need to make a promise to each other that we're going to start taking hikes, not like extreme hikes, in different areas. All we have to do is make the choice, get in the car, drive there, do it. And it's just just getting to that point. Like the spring is coming. I would love to kayak. Like kayaking is something that I've always wanted to do. And when I have the opportunity, I do it, but it's, I'm not going to lie. It's that sense of laziness. Like, oh, I have to then drive to this place and get it and get in it. And, but I'm sensing that my quote, well, I'm not even going to call it exercise. I'm going to call it movement. My body movement needs to be things other than what I've been doing up until this point. Yeah. And really, Christina, I can't, I can't say enough how much that question really just affected me. What, what's the intention behind my movement? Mm. Uh, because I often ask my t- myself, well, you know, what's my motivation behind this decision or, you know, whatever, but I've never really, I've never approached exercise in such a way, what's the intention behind my movement? Right now in my body, the answer would be to move the energy. Mm-hmm. That's what my body needs. For me, like right now, if I was to say that, it would be, I got to move some energy here. It's not about, oh, I want my stomach flatter mm-hmm. or I want to build my biceps. My body is saying, you need some movement because there's some stagnation going on there. And it might have something to do with everything that's been happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Great question. <laughs> Thank you. For, I'm going to post, uh, post that when we post the um, episode. I want to put that out there. Too. So let's ask the audience, like, what's your atten- intention behind your personal movement? 
Yeah. I think one of the things, you know, I've, I've in working with the women that I work with, um, there's that balance of, you know, those that overexercise and those that um, use that as a way to, you know, keep their body the way that it's supposed to and, and people recovering from disordered eating or eating disorders. And, you know, how do they get back into moving their body in a way that is good and healthy for them, right? And, and that's what I ask is like, it's that shift between why are you moving your body, right? Like, what is the intention behind your movement? Um, because it's not about, you know, and, and, and this is something that I think that has come up a lot in the body positive world is, oh, well, you know, if I just accept myself as I am, then I don't need to go to the gym. I don't need to move. I don't need, you know, like there's that like imbalance. And it, again, it's, it's why are you moving your body? What is the intention behind your movements? It's not about saying, okay, now I'm not going to, you know, I'm anti-gym, I'm anti-everything because that, you know, promotes this, you know, you have to lose weight and you have to, you know, fit into a certain size and all of that. It's more of your body needs to move, right? And um, how do you want it to move? And, and from what place within you do you want to move your body? What you just said made me think uh, that place where I am, um, I meant, let me just write one other note so I remember what to say. When I lost my track of thought, it was that sense of giving up. So it's not that I, I have this part of myself that's now starting to accept my body. That doesn't mean I'm giving up, that I don't have to go do anything. Exactly what you were just saying there. With all of the shift that's happening, and I got to tell you, I'm loving my 50s so far. Like I'm almost three years into them and I'm, I'm loving the shifts that are happening within me. So it's a shift of, yeah, stop fighting with this temple. It's been yours for so long. Like just accept it and move forward and be happy. But at the same time, find movement. I choose to find movement in a way that brings me joy and happiness. And at one point, going to gym classes three or four times a week gave me joy and happiness. Right now, I'm not feeling that. And that's okay. It's not to say I'm not going to go back to that. Right. I shared with you before we began recording that I've been in training for the past two weeks, two weeks of full time, ah, sitting at a desk. Mm -hmm. And I forgot my body was like, what the hell are you doing to us? Like, stop, you've got to move. And I thought how grateful I am that I don't sit at a desk Monday through Friday anymore. And that I do have time and I have a dog now. So I'm out walking more. So yeah, there's shift and, and it's okay. There, I don't have to stay with what I've always known. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you listeners that do sit behind a desk for, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, when I work, when I work with my clients, right. I'm sitting with my clients. Right. And um, now it's via video, but I was sitting, you know, in person with my clients and I had to be, and I have can, can continue to be really mindful of the five or so minutes that I have in between each client 
to get up and move my body. I stretch exactly that, yes. I do <clears throat> some stretches, I walk to the bathroom like between every client. <laughs> um, even if I don't have to go, it's just, you know, it's, it's moving my body in between those times and, um, and stretching so that, you know, I am still mindful of that. Yeah, piece. It, it's important, it's so important. Um, did we want to touch upon the BMI? Do you want to go, do you want to go that route right now? I have to share with you. <laughs> with everything that's going on, I have it written here, thin Oreos. Uh, my husband and I went to the grocery store the other day because we needed groceries. Like really, we're not hoarding, but we needed groceries. And we went up, we were going up the snack aisle, whatever aisle, doesn't matter. But there were bags of thin Oreos. I guess they make thin Oreos. I've never had them. The gentleman in front of me stopped in the middle of the aisle, mind you, and proceeded to grab a bag. And, and then he reached back and he grabbed another bag. And then he reached back and he grabbed two more bags. And he brought his carriage and I thought, oh boy, how many bags of those are you gonna eat over the weekend? Yeah. And I don't know why I'm bringing this up. I think because, because I don't wanna eat like that while we're self-quarantining. I want, I want to eat as healthy as I can. And that's, we talked about conscious eating last time. Well, and in this, I would ask um, to look at for you, what's coming, like, what are your judgments about him grabbing four bags of cookies? Yeah. Right? That's because where I, there, as soon as I started talking about it, I'm like, wait a minute, there's some judgment here. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's normal, right? Like we're, normal in the sense that we've been ingrained in the diet mentality to think that way, right? And we don't know his situation, right? No. He could have a family of 10 and four bags of cookies is, you know, something that, you know, <laughs> would help, true. right? <laughs> very true. And, and the idea, again, of what does healthy eating mean, right? Um, like for you, healthy mean like what foods are good for your body may not be the same that are for somebody else's body and being able to just catch ourselves in that because the, again the, the diet mentality is so infused in our everyday thinking and it's that mentality that keeps us right like keeps us thinking oh i can't be like that i can't eat those foods because then i'm not going to be in that ideal body right and being able to to just just catch it and during crisis during and and, and not just in in crisis our over our lifetime we have different things that happen in our lives right we have different circumstances that come up that will impact how we are in our bodies, how we are with our food intake. Um, you know, people get sick and they have to increase their intake or they have to decrease their intake of food. Same with movement, right? And so, and our bodies fluctuate with that. And during, you know, crisis, that can also be like, I think we had talked just briefly about that before we started recording is the sense of like, you know, when we are in crisis, those old comfortable familiar habits of 
maybe that's where I do go is like when I'm feeling this like global anxiety, what are my comforts? Where, where do I want to self-soothe and how am I self-soothing? Right. And can we be compassionate with ourselves and others in that place of unknown and whatever, you know, our world is going through right now. Um, but just to, to be, again, just to notice where that mentality, that diet mentality comes in of, oh, look at that person buying four bags of cookies. I think when I, going back to it and hearing what you just said, I believe I was in reaction to the reaction of a lot of people with everything that's going on right now. So yeah. Yeah. people are reacting and I don't want to use the word hoarding. I don't think that four bags of Oreo thins would be considered hoarding, but it's that fight or flight. It's that fear. I may not be able to get these. Let me stock up now. And it really wasn't so much about a judgment like, dude, you're going to eat all four bags of those because listen, if there is a nor'easter coming, I'm the first one at the store to get some comforting snacks because there's a nor'easter coming. Yeah. And uh, I was ripped off this year. I hadn't, hadn't had the opportunity, not that I'm complaining about that. So what I'm noticing in myself is I'm, I don't feel like I'm reacting to everything that's going on globally um, in a way of through fear and, and hoarding and stockpiling, but I am still reacting to the people who are reacting. So in a sense, I'm still in that reaction mode. And I noticed that about myself. And I believe that's where I was. Like, I wanted to say to him, dude, the grocery stores aren't closing. You can come back tomorrow and buy, buy more. But yeah, that was definitely a judgment on my, on my end at that moment. Interesting. All right. Do we have anything else we want to say right now? So you mentioned the BMI, and I think yeah. um, that was something that we touched a little bit upon last time, um, just in terms of um, just in terms of the that being used as a measure of health, and um, that you know it, it's universally. I, I, well, I can't speak to universally, but I know in our country, specifically, the BMI is used in every doctor's office or majority of them as a health indicator. And while our weight does um, is one of the factors in our health, it's not the only factor. And the BMI specifically was not created as a health um, tool. It was developed by a mathematician several hundred years ago or whatever um, to literally just to do the height weight ratio of humans. There was no medical, there was no, um, there was no background in that or intention with that number to um, be used as a health indicator. And what happened was insurance company um, took that number and said, oh, this is how we're going to determine who we give coverage to. And so this, we're going to just use this. And again, 
to my knowledge, there had never been any sort of um, scientific study of the, the accuracy of that number, right? Specifically the BMI. And, um, and then I think it was, so then it got institutionalized into medical, um, because the insurance companies and the medical profession are, you know, connected, that the medical profession then started learning about it and it was implemented in teaching doctors and that this is a way to, you know, screen health and all of that. And I think it was in 1995 where, again, without scientific evidence or anything, they switched the numbers, they lowered what numbers meant what. So literally overnight, people that were in the normal range of weight were now obese or overweight or right. morbidly obese or however the scale goes. And, and so, but without any background to, to, to back it up. And so that particular number um, is troublesome for me. And that's where, you know, what we were talking about last time was that, um, but that was the, the background around the BMI. When I've gone for, and I know this is not the case for everyone, but when I go for my annual um, physicals, I always have a hard time recalling that word. <laughs> they go through the gauntlet of questions that they always do. And I always end up saying, besides being a little overweight, I'm healthy. Like I'm a healthy person. I don't take any meds. I'm very lucky that way everything's good. All my blood work always comes back normal. And, um, but I, I tend to say, well, I could probably stand to lose some weight, but other than that, I'm healthy. So it's interesting that I attach that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, when, when you say overweight, over what weight? That's a good, that's, that's, wow. That's a good question. You keep posing all these really good questions today. <laughs> who, who determines what your body Right. It, it, like it's set point weight is we all have that uh, a set point weight that can change over time and can change in in the face of um different life circumstances but um but yeah we are all unique and we all have our own set point and only we are the ones that know what that is um and so again that mentality of Oh, overweight and and the association with it being bad right? right like that being overweight means again that there's something wrong with you me and and in that there that inherently we're wrong right like it, it gets translated down into oh well then there's something wrong with me that I can't maintain a weight that is set by some mathematician you know, 200 years ago. Hmm. It's interesting. Really interesting stuff. I'm supposed to be going to see a friend of mine after we're done recording here. And earlier today, I thought, all right, when I see her, I'm going to apologize. Why? Let me, let me do that for a second. Not apologize, but make an excuse as to why I look the way I look because I haven't seen her in a while. Huh. 
And I thought, hmm, why can't you just go over there and just be like, hey, how's it going? We haven't seen each other. And I, I still live with this wondering, and I don't know, maybe this is off topic, but this is just what's coming up right now. When I'm sitting with someone, I have this, this recording going in the back of my head. That's the only way I can describe it. And it's reminding me to be concerned about what they're thinking about me while I'm sitting with the person. Yes. And, and that's something that I know it's a pattern and I'm, I recognize it and I would love to, you know, get rid of it completely because it takes up a lot of my bandwidth Mm. to be sitting with someone who loves me, who accepts me for who I am. But yet at the same time, I'm thinking they're looking at me and they're judging me. Mm -hmm. And I felt that if I do see this person later on today, that that was going to be the case. And I already thought that this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And can you, because uh, this, I think you're not alone. Like I know I've done that many times and trying to catch myself in, in giving myself permission. So wondering if you can give yourself permission to leave that worry at home. Right? Yeah, I'm going like, to say, you know, I'm, I'm going to just see what it feels like to go to be with my friend without having to constantly worry what they're thinking about me. I'm going to do that. I am. You also said a, a couple of minutes ago about there's nothing wrong with us. I don't remember the exact content that you said. And as soon as you said that, I thought of this. I think that's probably why it's all coming up. Mm-hmm. The two see someone to be in front of someone and remember that there's nothing wrong with me. Right. Yeah. That's an interesting practice. Yeah. Like how do you go out into the world? I know I've done this many a times when I go out thinking there's something wrong with me and how do I behave when I'm in that mindset of, Oh, something's wrong with me. So I'm going to curb. Yeah. Apologize. Make an excuse. Yeah. Yeah act differently than when I am in full acceptance of, oh, okay, this is me. And, you know, definitely not perfect, but I'm good. (laughs) And I'm focused on on being present with whoever I'm with rather than in my head thinking, oh my God, what are they thinking? And again, not perfect at this. This is a daily practice of catching myself when I'm there and saying, yeah, no, I noticed that you're here and I'm just going to ask that you, you know, get put aside for right now or have it be like a, a thought bubble that's floating by in a cloud. Okay, I noticed it and I'm going to bring myself back to this moment with whoever I'm with. Voice dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great tool. <laughs> Woo, it sure is. And it's just the fact that I have to remind myself that I have this tool. We go to sleep and we wake back up. We go to sleep and we wake back up. And what I love about, you know, even doing these things like this, you know, these podcasts and stuff is we get to remind ourselves and each other. Oh, right. It's we, we get to wake up again. When we forget, there are people that can remind us. Yes. Yep. Here it is again. (laughs) 
I want to thank you for waking me up to the fact that I was in judgment. When I started to recognize it, when you brought it up, I felt the sting. Mm -hmm. I did. I was like, oh, I was a bad person there. So immediately I went to this judgment and then that loop of starting to beat myself up. But instead, I choose to bring it all here yeah. because you're right. You're here and you reminded me of a practice. You reminded me that I was in judgment. And it, it's easy to forget. It's easy to go back to sleep. Mm. The hard thing is staying awake all the time. Yes. Well, and again, that's why we're all, you know, doing all of these things right. in, in community is to remind each other because right. I fall asleep all the time. And I am grateful for those that are around me that keep reminding me to wake up. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> wow. What a great, this is a wonderful place to leave the podcast. Uh, did yeah. you have anything else that you wanted to share? No, just, I would, I would, I would just end with, you know, again, putting our hands to our heart and, and saying, I'm grateful for this opportunity and to be able to connect with all of you. Mm -hmm. Wonderfully said. And I'm going to leave with, regardless of what it is that you discover about yourself, to bring it back to that place of heart-centered love and compassion and nurturing, because we are human and we're learning and we're evolving. And it's okay to discover ugly things. And it's even more okay to bring it back to a place of heart-centered love. Yes. Christina, thank you so much for joining me again today. Tell everyone how they can find you. Um, thank you for having me. Yes, uh, you can find me on Facebook at Love Christina Marie, on Instagram at Love Christina Marie. Um, my website is www.lovechristinamarie.com. Um, and where else? Yeah, I think that's it, right? And here, you'll be back. You'll, yeah. Will you come back again? Yes. yes. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I love having Christina on. I really do. You can find me at Shauna Gulbrand everywhere. I'm the only one in the world. So thank you all so much for listening or watching. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your support. And we are here walking through life with you. Yes. Thank you all so much. Christina, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye.